Prepare to be captivated by the business story of the week, hosted by me, Shaheen Shan. Join us on a journey through the twists and turns of entrepreneurial triumphs and setbacks. Immerse yourself in the narrative and witness the magic that turns dreams into reality. This is Business Story of the Week. Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome back again to Business Story of the Week. You know how it is. We bring you the best in the business minds and entrepreneurs and everything that you guys have come to love about this show. Today, we have a, a quite an interesting, I, I think he is quite interesting as far as his background is involved. Um, Doug is a distinguished motivational speaker with a dynamic, in back, dynamic background in business sales and comedy. <laughs> so he holds a, an MBA in marketing management and an honorary doctor of laws degree. Doug's career spans over 30 years leading and managing sales marketing teams in the IT sector and renewable energy sectors. Um, notably, Doug has been instrumental in propelling three startup technology companies to achieve over $35 million in sales. And he has coached and mentored sales organizations and executives in over 50 countries. So we really have a man of the world here in our hands today, guys. So uniquely, Doug is a graduate, also a graduate of the Players Workshop of the Second City, one of the world's most prestigious improvisational comedy schools. So... Naturally, you guys can imagine that this unique combination of skills has made Doug a sought-after speaker, delivering an engaging and impactful presentations wherever he goes. And today, Doug is going to share us his story, his success, and his humor. Doug, how are you? How's, how's everything today? And it's glad to have you here. Josh, thank you very much. It's a high honor and privilege to be on the business story of the week. Doing great. Happy New Year to you and to all your listeners and subscribers. We're going to have some fun today. Absolutely, Doug. I'm very interested. Um, I'm going to jump right into it because I'm very, very interested in this part, uh, the aspect of your dynamic background, right? So um, you are a graduate of a, a comedy um, improvisational school. And I can only imagine how much that impacts your success when it comes to sales. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? How has your background in improvisational comedy influenced your approach to business consulting, into sales um, consulting, and your overall speaking endeavor as well? Thank you very much, Josh. So the backstory to that is I had been a... Um, sales executive in the informational technology space and mm -hmm. I had hired some talent for back then one of the world's largest computer shows Comdex in Las Vegas it's morphed now into CES but they had a Canadian Comdex right. and I hired some talent right. I was in charge of the show I was the uh, the VP of sales for Boca Research and I hired some great talent uh, creative talent that worked the booth and this gentleman Jim Ince was an incredibly bright individual, but he was also had a great sense of humor, and we became fast friends. And before I continue on with that, 
story. You know, I, I ascribed early on to a, a, a quote that I heard relative to luck. The, luck, the, hard, the luckier I am, the harder I work, or the harder I work, the luckier I am. But the one that resonated with me, it, luck is the residue of design and prep when preparation meets opportunity. So wow. just being yeah. mindful and aware when opportunities present us, personally, professionally. So this opportunity in Toronto, when Jim said, hey, you've, you've got some talent for, for comedy, specifically improv, why don't you get some professional training? You live in Chicago. Chicago is the home of Second City. So I took it upon myself and, and signed up for their two-year program, Creative Expression Through Improvisation. And it was a really big ask because it, it met weekly in Chicago. I was traveling. So two years of big commitment. But wow. it, was, it was probably the most impactful educational experience from a variety of different perspectives. Improv is not stand-up where you memorize and yeah. practice your your delivery mm -hmm. and, and your set. This is in a troupe, 6, 8, 10, 12 team members on the stage, yeah. in the moment, yeah. and the number one cardinal rule of improv is saying yes and. Yes and to an idea. So you okay. get an idea, the audience shouts it out, whatever that may be, and oh. then you as a troupe have to think in the moment, in a nanosecond, to have a logical beginning, middle, and end, right. make it humorous. But the easiest thing to do in comedy and improv, which we don't do, is go to the gutter, four-letter expletives, but keeping it clean, intelligent, and right. saying yes and to share that, that energy. That training, right. but specifically the, the foundation of improv, saying yes and to opportunities, has opened up so many incredible journeys beyond just improv. Wow. Doug, that is fantastic. That is very interesting. I love how, first I want to highlight how you, what you talked about luck and the opportunities that it has presented to you, you know, working hard and where, you know, luck, preparation and opportunity meets, right? And how it has led you down to improv. And I love also how you've highlighted for our audience how improv works in the sense of kind of like uh, uh, a symbiosis of a group of comedy presenters, right? And I can only imagine how much of that translate into sales and into what you do in general. And you mentioned that it's a journey. You mentioned that it's it's become rewarding one of the most rewarding things that you've done um given your extensive experience we're encompassing everything uh experience in sales and marketing leadership uh your improv experience what what key strategies what strategies have you found most effective when it comes to you how you teach your executives your organizations when it comes to driving their sales growth what do you think has been the most effective factors i think the most effective factors for a world-class sales organization and i i look at sales talent and i i ascribe to this saying a's hire a's b's hire c's and c's put you out of business so i want to create oh. be a an a plus sales leader that is driven by honesty integrity that creates a sales culture that attracts a talent and the default for me 
Everything emanates out of honesty, integrity, hard work, and service to others, and mutual exchange of values. And I, I adhere to servant leadership, the pyramid. I'm not at the top. My team, the customer is the first, then my team, then me. Everything is spent in pursuit and support of my team of A players to support their customers honestly with high integrity, working hard, having fun, and winning. That's fantastic, Doug. Um, I love that. That I really what the most common factor, the most common denominators that we've had with guests here, really, really successful guests, is that they always push forward integrity. And um, I have a little bit of a sales background as well, and this is something that we really push forward. And really, that I've seen with the most successful salespeople is people who are practicing integrity and i love that you guys practice that that you push that and that's the first thing that really uh um is really forefront of what you talk about um so you've coached many 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 organizations um over 50 countries you've helped them with their sales organizations and executives and all that um i'm really curious like from a global perspective right uh, a global business perspective what unique challenges and opportunities have you observed in the international market? How much more different is it? And how do you adjust with all those you know, differences when it comes to sales organizations uh, overseas or perhaps in the US only? How do they compare and how have you adjusted? Uh, good people are good people, regardless if they're from the Philippines, from Western Europe, Asia, regardless of the God they choose to, to worship, the language they speak. So for me, everything starts and stops with high integrity, honesty, and with the truth decay, truth decay that we're experiencing with social media and people claiming this is truth, that is truth, yeah. but being honest and coming from a place of honesty and integrity because you don't have to justify ethical behavior. And then trying when you're working with a global sales team. My last uh, position was a VP of global sales and marketing with Clean Energy so Associates out of, of Shanghai. And I managed a, an inside sales organization, project management team in Philippines. I had a sales team in India, Western Europe, China. People are Good people are good people. Honest people are honest people but trying to, A, understand their culture to the best of my ability, understand what drives them, but being uh, at least aware of their culture and those cultural nuances so right. I can really lead and help manage them in the most effective way. Doug, I really love that you keep highlighting integrity, good people. Is there a particular way? This is just a, a little tangent question for me. Is there a one particular sign that you always see that you can tell that if you see that at this person, you can know that like, okay, this is a person of integrity. And have you ever had, you know, a choice between knowing they're not of integrity and so you did not include them in the team? <laughs> of course. And, and, and if I, with your permission, Josh, could give you a couple examples. Yes, go First, ahead. For sure. Vet them on social media, their CV. If there are gaps, dates don't make sense. They claim they have a master's. Just you have to do the heavy lifting to ensure that they are who they say they are and that their CV makes logical sense. 
and then after that, have a, a interviewing process, however you define it, to expose them to your culture, uh, understand what's important to them, making sure the compensation plan, the benefits, all those things. And then the singular greatest tool that's the last step when we interview sales reps, mid-level management, and the executive leadership team is we state, you've done a great job. We are excited to bring you on the team. Everything matches you and your feedback matches. What I want you to do is on your phone, I want you to create a five-minute or less video and answer two questions. Why should we hire you and why do you want to come to work for our company? If I'm hiring a sales rep, a regional manager, or a sales leader that can't do a basic five-minute video that's intelligent, creative, impactful, if they can't do that on a phone, how are they going to do that in front of a client or an executive? Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And that is a good like kind of filter, right? Like if, if you cannot do it on the phone, there's no, there's no business that like, there's no, there's no point into continuing on this. And that seems like a great way to just kind of gauge the person right away. Right. And then to see that, Oh, how, how, how much are they really saying? How much are they actually, you know, how much do they mean what they say? And how, again, like it all comes back. I imagine that you guys use it to gauge if they are very honest people as well, honest and good people. Um, Doug, because, we're, you don't, go ahead, go you, ahead. Don't know, you don't know the true cost of a bad hire. You bring mm -hmm. somebody on who is not honest, has a high degree of integrity, work ethic, skills, education, passion, uh -huh. get along with people. My point is, what's the real cost of a bad hire? You bring somebody on board, even after you vetted them, that is toxic, that can you know ruin your culture and demotivate people. The true cost of a bad hire, it's huge. It's huge, Doug. I feel like it's more detrimental than most people think, you know, because in the sales world, it's all about like, it's a lot about numbers, right? But sometimes, it, a, a lot of times, the truth gets muddled in those numbers. It doesn't matter, right? Just put the numbers up there. It doesn't matter how you get it done. I love that you guys push forward, push that forward. And knowing that there's a leader like you, an international global leader like you, pushing sales strategies and, um, cons and consultancies like that, I think is a great way to uh, include in this show. And I'm sure that the audience will love. Um, Doug, we're nearing the end of this. I just have one quick, one more last question for you. And this is to dig deep more into um, and allow the audience to see more into your sales expertise i wouldn't call it expertise i probably call it mastery you're probably one of the masters by now doug so i wanted to get your insight on what you think of the future of sales and marketing this is of course based on your vast experience your successes and all these sales and marketing strategies that you've taught and conducted all over the world how do you see this industry particularly in the context of evolving technology and this, you know, rapidly expanding global market. What do you see in the future of sales and marketing? The, the future of sales and marketing. Have you ever heard of the Flintstones and the Jetsons? Yeah, 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 yeah. So 
you can't be Fred Flintstone anymore. You have to be George Jetson in terms of yeah. technology that's rapidly evolving. And, mm -hmm. and due to the pandemic, trying to sell in the pandemic, acquiring the skills from a, using video, but that has really changed the expectations for buyers. They want less of their time to be devoted to a live meeting. Many purchasing agents, executives, I'll give you 15 minutes on Zoom, which used to be an hour, hour and a half. So really homing in on being crisp and adding value when you're inter interacting with clients. But first and foremost is... You can't be a Flintstone, you have to be a Jetson and understand mm -hmm. the evolving landscape of technology. Mm -hmm. Sales enablement, CRM, video conferencing. Mm -hmm. There's a great new tool now called Otter AI, which is a bolt-on to Zoomer Teams. It's, it's amazing. It captures all the notes, transcribes it. So you, and that, that's $120 a year. I don't have to take cryptic notes. I can allow that tool to allow me to focus on the magic of the client. And then ChatGPT, DALI, Tome, AI, all those tools. Now AI, people say, how do I use AI for, for selling? Pretty simple. It's, it's essentially free typing in buyer persona for an insurance executive, um, challenges, using all those. So my point is you have to be adroit and, and skilled in maneuvering these very inexpensive but huge productivity tools. And if you don't continue to invest in those tools and your, your digital suite beyond being hardworking, competitive, um, uh, an honest person, you're not going to survive because that digital tsunami is, is here and it's not leaving. Precisely. You can't stop it. It's just going to come, right? So I, I, I want to highlight how refreshing it feels like hearing someone with your extensive experience and just being open to technology, you know, like just adjusting to that and just taking it on and, um, and you know, using it basically. Um, I, you, I was going to ask a question, but you answered it pretty much because there's a change, a transition between in-person sales with online and video sales. And... You know, some people would say that you can't make the same connection online anymore as the same that you would sell in person. But I feel like you you felt like you answered that, like being more crisp, offering more value, you know, because time is limited. And I feel like uh, you guys have really bolstered that part of your um, repertoire. You bring up a great point, Josh. You're, you're younger and better looking than me, but uh, sales... Salespeople my age, 50 plus, sold a certain way. This mm -hmm. is the first time in the hit history of work in the United States of America that we have four different generations working together. I was doing a program for some crypto gazillionaires in mm -hmm. South Florida. And, mm -hmm. and one thing that struck me, one of those 25-year-olds, when he was making his reservations on, on United for a flight, for rent-a-car, for food. He said, I don't care if I ever talk to a human being again. They want to do everything on their phone. So my point is, if we're older, I have to understand the, the Gen X, the Gen Zs, the baby boomers, the millennials. They consume data, work differently. 
And if you're a salesperson like me, 50 plus, you have to understand those younger generations and how they like to consume data, how do they like to meet, and, and really accommodate your schedule. If not, other, pe other sales professionals are doing that. Precisely, precisely. Doug, thank you so much. That has been very insightful. I love that you have a mix and a blend of the future and also the past, and you're putting it all together in all your experiences. Uh, speaking of data, Doug, and all the technology and everything, I would like to take this opportunity to uh, let the audience know um, where can they find you, how do they reach you, what are your socials, and what is it that anything else that you'd like them to know? Thank you, Josh. So you can go to salescoach.us or dougdvorak.com. That's D-O-U-G-D-V-O-R-A-K.com. <laughs> or you can call me, 847-359-6969, or my email. Pretty simple to navigate on both sites. is Doug at DougDvorak.com. And Josh, if any of your listeners do reach out to me, one of the gifts I will give to them is participating in the business story of the week. My 14th book just came out. It's called The wow. Sales Coaching Playbook, How to Transform Sales Teams into Sales Champions. They'll get a free copy. Oh, well, that's fantastic. That is great news for everyone. Guys, you heard it here. You Don't waste your time. Uh, you heard all the information. We're going to put that into the description as well. Go reach out to Doug. Get the copy of that book. And Doug, it's been great. It's been fantastic. I'm going to catch you on all your socials and all your updates. And um, it's been great. I hope you had fun also. I did. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, listeners. Have a great year. Thank you, everyone, guys. See you on the next one. All right. So here's the thing. We try to get a little bit better every day, but we can't do it without you. So if you like the video, make sure to like and subscribe below. And if you have any comments, just leave them in the space under.